right, welcome to another edition of Off Topic. My name is Randy Zelia, along with, you know what, I, I, I can't even tell you how happy and proud I am to have him on the show. Former New York Giant, former New Orleans State, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and uh, no, former New England Patriot, New York Giants, Jonathan Casillas. JC, it's good to see you, my friend. Long time no see. Good to see you too, Randy. How you doing, brother? You know what? For a guy my age, I think I'm doing okay. We were joking about that before we came on, <laughs> but for a guy my age, I'm doing okay. What's going on with you, man? I, it's uh, it's been a minute. How you been? I've been well. I've been well, man. I'm here in Jersey, you know, doing my thing. Got a whole bunch of different ventures going on right now. Um, but mostly just trying to be a good dad, man. Be a good uh, person in the community and and you know in this world, and you know keep giving back like I always do, and live life and enjoy life. I, I want to take notes on the good dad part and the more community stuff because you know me, that's my that's my thing. And any little notes you can pass over for being a good dad, I'd be glad to take them so I can uh, incorporate it for what for my my latest venture here as well. So I yeah, always I would say I would say whatever your patience meter is, double it and increase it all the way to the top. <laughs> yes, I've learned that. I have learned that. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, one thing, one thing I didn't get to ask you before we went on the air. I'm like looking at your background. Are those are those shoes? Are those like what kind of shoes? Are those Jordans, Lebrons? What do we well, got? I got a little bit of mix of everything. I got some some Jordans over here. I got some Victor Cruises over here. I got some <laughs> Louboutins. A whole bunch of Air Force Ones. It's a mixed bag of, of shoes. Kind of change it every now and again. What, what do you what do you like? Used uh, mostly Nike, uh, Adidas, Reebok. What do we I'm got? A, I'm a Nike guy. I had a Nike contract when I played. Uh, Love Jordans, of course. Um, but you know. Uh, I dibble and dabble and everything. I got my fair share of Yeezys, you know, so I don't neglect the three strikes, um, you know. So I, I don't have contract with anybody. So if anybody's looking to, to you know, find your boy, let me know. <laughs> I, I'm going to try my best to help you with that. Um, <laughs> I just picked up, believe it or not, I just picked up three pairs of Steph Curry's. Three okay. different. The Under Armour does a nice job, but they're, they're really trying to break into the sneaker biz right now. And these so. are for you or for the kids too? Oh, these are for me. I listen to no, you. They, you they, balling they, them or what? You you wearing them for fashion or you balling them? What you doing? Um, let me let me put it this way: If I tried to step back onto the basketball court, I used to play. But if I if I tried to go back, I'd be setting the game back another thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I, I don't think we need to see that. Um, okay. So, you know, last time we spoke, I know it was um, you you stepped away from football back in two thousand seventeen. I know you had a couple different injuries you had to take care of. Um, no, I'm one of those people where I where I look at players and and you you're able to pick out the good guys who are sincere, and you're able to pick out the guys who are putting on an act. And you've always been one of the good guys, and I've always appreciated all the times we talked. And it's been a couple of years since you've been on the field, but what do you think of today's game? If you don't mind me asking, it's I'm not trying to for you to bury anybody. I'm not trying to get you in any, you know I don't want you over oversell anybody, but the the game seems to go through is going through a transition right now. Yeah, um, it's a lot different from when I entered the league, um, even from when I left the league back in 2017. Um, but what I would like to see, Randy, moving forward um, was it's kind of how the NBA uh, is, you know, where they have a lot of player representation, player players kind of dictate, you know, what they're going to do for like social issues and stuff like that. And I don't believe we have that power as players in the NFL. NFLPA, I don't think does a great job in really getting to uh, the core of what we truly believe in and what we want to happen and transpire because, you know, of the relationship they have with the with the owners. You know, I think that has, um, you know, kind of debilitated 
uh, players actually, you know, making guaranteed contracts, doing, you know, so true social reform, not just padding it and saying, oh, we're going to throw some money at it. Like really going into communities, Randy, like, you know, I do. I go and I sit in these Newark, Jersey City, New Brunswick schools, and I'm talking with the kids, dealing with the kids, talking to the teachers and instructors and even the cops in those communities as well. And the NFL, I wish they could do a better job in not only letting the players, um, you know, be individuals and and truly represent who they are, but what they believe in as well. But my, my question would be for that. How would they do it? What would you recommend they do? You're saying let them do more, but what what more would you like them to see them do? By actually either relinquishing some control or actually, I don't want to curse, but actually caring, actually showing that they give a F. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Not just, oh, when something arises, we're going to throw some money at it and maybe throw some time at it and give a couple players to do some community work there. Like actually, you know, dedicate some time and actually plan some programs and actually do something like a, a true plan and really get involved and actually care, you know, yeah. like get owners and, and people that actually care about the players and about the communities that they're in. Yeah, the NBA did a very, very nice job with, on how they handled it. The, the, the team, all the teams worked together. It was, it was. They did. I thought they did a very solid job um, on it. And I, and I, and I love the fact that you feel that way because I think that was one of the underlining things that was talked around the media for a little while. So, um, and, and one of the things too, which I, I always loved about you and, and your passion was always to give back. Like you were talking about being involved with the community, talking with the kids. Um, how has that changed since you stepped away from playing? Have you, been, have you been devoting more time to it? Yeah, a lot more time. I got more time on my hands. You know, so <laughs> I, I, you know I have initiatives that I'm doing. Uh, my Forward Progress Initiative, we're looking to, to open it up this year to kids outside of the New Brunswick district. And Randy, I've been doing this. This will be the seventh year. Um, really the eighth year, but you know, last year doesn't really count. Nobody can have, you know, we couldn't do no camps last year. Um, you know, but we actually had like a summit. So I'm going to briefly explain what it is. So the Jonathan Castillo's for progress camp is in New Brunswick. Um, and it's, it's not a football camp. It's, 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 it's bigger than that. This year might be the first time it's an actual football camp, but the whole reason why I wanted to do it from the beginning, Randy was I knew I had a, a message. I knew I had a story and, and I can tell that story and deliver my message to kids that would inspire and, and provide hope. And that's what I wanted because that's all kids really need. They need a little bit of hope, a little glimpse of hope, especially from places that I come from, Jersey City, you know, uh, in New Brunswick, uh, going to high school there. Um, kids just want to they want hope. They want to be able to see like, man, I can I can do something like that. You know, I, where I'm at right now, I can possibly get there. You know, and that's what I want to provide. So the, the how the, the camp is structured, we do eight life skills courses in the morning. So the kids, they come, they get registered and we give them, you know, backpacks, shirts, shorts, uh, all kind of swag. And then we give them a notebook and we tell them, like, you put things in this notebook, you take good notes in this first, you know, two hours of the camp where we're, we're not talking about football. This is like social justice stuff. This is uh, uh, like NCAA clearinghouse stuff. This is uh, uh, how to be good in your in your community. These are like true life skills that we change every year, given the social climate that we have. And honestly, I'm more proud of that part of the camp than I am in the football part because football is easy. Football is easy. I work with some football coaches. We can get some guys together. We do some drills. 
But these life skills classes, we got professionals coming in. Al Pettipa, who was the, uh, the the creator of the Play It Smart program, is one of our instructors. David Tyree, he came in and he instructed the class, not just the football stuff. He instructed our class called Dream Big. Jonathan Vilma, you know, all-pro linebacker, uh, uh, Super Bowl champion, national champion at the University of Miami. He taught a class as well. He taught public speaking because he does uh, – I think he's on uh, – uh, uh, Fox now. I think he's on Fox now doing doing sports. I know he transitioned away from ESPN. Um, and he did our public speaking class along with coaching the kids on the field and outside. So, Randy, my thing my thing is like now um, was not only do what I've been doing, but make it bigger, touch more kids, provide more hope, inspire more kids. And that's what we're looking to do right now. This year, July 17th, will be the first year we're going to allow kids from out of the district to participate in the New Brunswick Forward Progress Camp. It's not low, you know, called the New Brunswick Camp, but I'm partnered with the New Brunswick Board of Education. So I, I use their field, I use their facilities. And kids that come from out of district, they're gonna have to pay a little bit, but this is like a a thousand dollar camp. You know what I mean? Like the just the the life skills alone will be worth a thousand dollars. And then of course we got our we got our uh, um our NFL coaches and and the camp, the football camp, the field stuff can compete with anybody's uh, football camp out there. But we have the extra element of the life skills camp because we don't like for me, it's like, yeah, I care if you make it to the league, but I care more about your, your contribution to society. You know, how are you? Are you, are you a kind person? Do you treat people with respect? Do you abide by the golden rule? Randy, I still talk to kids and I read the kids all the time. And that's one thing that I always hit on the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. And that starts at a young age. And when they get to high school, when they get to my camp, I want to be able to kind of go back to that and be like, hey, are you still abiding by this golden rule that you talked about when you was in kindergarten and first grade and second grade? And making sure that it's not just about football. It's always bigger than football. It's always more than football. So I use my platform, the NFL, and try to deliver messages. And then my network of people also deliver messages to the kids to promote uh, uh, to promote and inspire and provide hope. For you, you've been doing this camp for, for a long time. And you said this is the biggest one you've been able to put together. What's some of the challenges that you've had trying to get these camps uh, up, up up off the ground and, in, and rolling like that? How, how difficult well, is it? Well, this year provided its difficulties in itself given you know the COVID situation. And we're basically sitting here waiting on you know what the cdc guidelines were what the district guidelines were in 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 regards to you know having kids outside and it was like the the honestly the most challenging thing this year was if we had a rain day and we had to move all the kids inside because outside it's almost pretty much open you know right. you can have you can have 500 kids you know a thousand kids if you have a big enough space which we do but if it rains if it rains and we got to move the kids inside because the camp is not going to get canceled. If it rains, thunderstorms, we go inside. Do we have enough space to provide and move around? So that was kind of like the the main thing where it was like we had to cap it at a certain number because I'm like, I want to bring all the kids, you know. But of course, you know, we got to got to follow strict guidelines. We want to make sure all the kids are masked up and all that stuff. So this year presented that difficulty for not only what I have going on, but I'm sure for everybody that's trying to get people together, people together right now during these, I wouldn't even say post COVID, but like the end of COVID times, hopefully it's the end of COVID times moving forward. But um, I was once working with a, a company, Randy, that 
I hired to basically put on my camp. And that kind of went south. They they took the person that was uh, working with me and uh, they put somebody else on and then they pulled out 10 days before my camp, like three or four years ago. And it kind of sent me on a scramble. And then we got through that camp. I think that was my fourth or fifth camp. And then after that, our camps have only improved after that. Once I took, you know, full responsibility for the camp, I created an impromptu board. My advisory board is great. Uh, it consists of people from New Brunswick, um, all the staff members uh, um, that, excuse me, all my advisory board members are, are members of the Board of Education, uh, whether that's a counselor, uh, football, the head football coach, uh, Nathaniel Harris, um, you know, people that are involved and engaged in the education and athletics in the New Brunswick community. Um, and we've taken that, that board, and we've been able to do other events, and we've been able to, to make this Forward Progress Camp a standalone event, and probably one of the best events, best camps that uh, that involves football in the New Jersey area. I remember I was talking with you at one of the uh, bowling events, and I'll tell you, a bunch of reporters came over to you and they were trying to talk to you more about what was going on with the Giants and stuff like that. But you are so proud of the work that you do in the community that it was almost like <laughs> I remember I remember you said to somebody, I forgot who it was, you're like, man, are you you wish you could just talk about something else other than football to these guys because <laughs> so the message would get out. And and like and that's one of the things that we that we love about you is is your 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 passion for the community. And I, I'm trying to find the right segue to go back into a, a different topic. And I figure because I'm so enamored by your sneaker wall back there. I, I have to bring up one one question for you since you're a Jersey guy. Uh, oh, two, two questions with this. One, are you still offended that the Nets moved to Brooklyn and it stole away an opportunity for us to win a championship? And then and do you think Brooklyn will uh, will will win the NBA championship? Because I know you're a hoops guy. So this is, this is a big question here. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely salty that uh, the Nets been left. <laughs> Uh, Continental Airlines Arena is what we used to call it back in the day. Uh, they left, you know, New Jersey, the Meadowlands, and they moved to Brooklyn, uh, kind of depleting us from our basketball uh, urge because we're basketball a state. You know, Jersey's a basketball state, man. Thank you. Someone else yeah. said it besides me. Yeah, we are. We got a lot of hoopers that come from Jersey. Um, you know, and basketball is, you know, if you if you can't get good runs here, you go right across the water and you get some good runs in New York too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Brooklyn—they they're looking really good, man. They look like those that three-headed monster um, that they have over there is really like kind of getting their synergy and their energy correct, and they're on the same page. And um, I don't think anybody can really beat them in the East. You know, I, I think they're going to represent the East in the finals. Um, the West is a lot—I think a lot more, you know, a lot tougher when it comes down to um, you know overall teams and team success and playoff experience. Uh, so many teams have so many, so much playoff experience um, throughout the whole West. So I don't know if they can. I'm a Lake. I'm a LeBron guy. So I don't think. I think LeBron. Whenever LeBron's in it, I feel like he's gonna win it. As long as he's healthy, he's gonna win it. Um, so I don't see them winning the chip, but I do see Brooklyn represent representing the East in the finals. I, I think it's gonna come down to Anthony Davis's injury because he got hurt yesterday. I think. No man. If he if he if he's not back, same thing with Embiid. Embiid went down last night too. I think if Embiid gets healthy, Philadelphia will have a chance in the conference finals. If Davis is is not healthy, I, if you're you're asking LeBron to 
to rely on Andre Drummond to be his number two. And Andre Andre Drummond's like a number four option. Yeah. You know, yeah, you don't you don't make him a number two yeah. option. But we're talking about top ten players in the league and Anthony Davis. I I don't think that's a question at this point, a top ten player in the league, possibly the best player that's his position. And you know, when he joined the Lakers last year, you know, you saw that LeBron ran the offense through him. You know, yeah. the whole offense just ran through this guy, and he's unstoppable at times. When he's going, he can shoot that mid-range shot. There's really nobody that can stop him. You know, and LeBron's the, the, the perfect teammate to have because LeBron can get the ball to him in any type of offensive set against any defensive set. You know, so it's definitely, I think, Lakers, the way they go is dependent on Anthony Davis and LeBron's health for sure. Um, Anthony Davis is a tremendous player. Uh, LeBron's always been my guy. He's only like, I think, two or three years older than me. So when I was pursuing my basketball career when I was younger, he was the guy. It was him and Sebastian Telfair. Remember that name, right? Oh, my Lord, Sebastian Telfair. But those are the two guys when I was coming up that dominated basketball since high school, since yeah. I was in high school. And then LeBron, of course, he hasn't been out of the headlines since then. No, he knows I was back in like 2005 or something. Well, what's funny, too, is you mentioned that. And I, I want to throw just one hypothetical question out there. Can you imagine if social media was around when Jordan played? No. <laughs> just because that means that means I was a young kid then, and I can't imagine social media went around when I was a young kid. <laughs> but it, it's it's funny though, I, I, and I think LeBron doesn't get the respect. But I I think that the comparison with Jordan and LeBron is so unfair. Yeah. Uh, because LeBron is more of a Magic Johnson type of player where he can play all five positions just like Magic did, and he makes everybody else better, and he does so many different things. Jordan and Kobe would be a better comparison because yeah. both guys you had to kill to get the ball out of their hand in those final seconds. They want the they want the the ball. They want to take the final shot. You know what it's evolved to, Randy? It's evolved to the goat conversation. It's not about who's the best player. It's because the best player is not really the goat. You know, and I'm I'm gonna use the NFL for example, right? Unanimously, Tom Brady's the goat. I don't think that's the question at this point. I think it was a Debatable at four, possibly five rings. He has seven now. We all know he's a GOAT. But when he's going against the Kansas City Chiefs, is he even the best quarterback in the game? You see what I'm saying? It's like, is yeah. he the greatest player? Possibly not. Probably, excuse me, probably not. But he's unanimously the GOAT. See, now this is where it starts. The conversation is a little different because take every year in the NFL since Tom Brady been on it. How many times will we have called him the greatest player? Twice, maybe? Yeah. In 2011, for sure. Him and Randy. You could probably put Randy Moss in that boat that year when they broke all those records. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and it that's why it's like that conversation of the GOAT. Um, I think it's, it's a biased conversation, and it leans heavily towards rings. Heavily towards rings. You know, like, yeah. you telling me if Aaron Donald don't destroy how he's been doing – he won't be considered one of the goats of all time, like one of the great. But if he don't ever win a ring, you can't throw him in the goat conversation because the ring commerce, the, the goat conversation is so heavily ring weighted. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Charles Barkley, he gets thrown at that conversation. How we? I remember him when I was a little younger, like when he was I was a monster. He, he was, was a beast. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I feel like. Um, the comparisons are, I think they're a little biased. We always push towards the rings and how much they've won in team sports. You know what I mean? We, we want to call him the greatest of all time, 
and we're going to put all of the weight on the how many rings that they won, but they didn't do it by themselves. That, Jordan just... needed he needed Pippen. He needed Rodman. He needed yeah. Kukoc. He needed Kerr. And, I mean, I can go through all the Tom Brady teammates, you know, and, and it's like the conversation of who's the greatest and who's the GOAT, it's like I think we got to start weighing it a little bit differently because there's no one that's ever going to su surpass Tom Brady. And it's like Tom Brady has finished seasons where he won a Super Bowl where he wasn't even the greatest quarterback in his division. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it kind of goes like that. Um, but, you know, I'm always going to be a LeBron guy. I think for me is like it's like the, the, the eye test. You know, you watch LeBron play literally for the last 17 years, and I don't think any, is anybody close in the things that he can do. Uh, Russell Westbrook, yes, putting up those type of numbers, but Russell Westbrook don't doesn't win as much as LeBron. LeBron dominates his side of the bracket. When he's on the East, he dominates the East. When he's on the West, he dominates the West. That's just what that's just what it is, you know. So LeBron's my guy. I can have a thousand arguments for LeBron oh, yeah. every day of the week. Um, but I think the conversation about GOAT, I think it has to change because if, if it's like that, no one will ever surpass Tom Brady. No one. And, and not only that, but I can also throw a tougher question at you to say because you've played with some great quarterbacks. You played with Drew Brees. You played with Tom Brady. I'm going to throw Eli Manning in the conversations because you don't get two rings without being being good. Now, yeah. You, you've seen all three of those guys on the practice field. Can you talk about their work ethics uh, and what we saw that was a little bit different from each of those guys? True pros, you know, consummate pros. You know, I know that 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 term is used a lot when it comes to somebody's success and how professional they were. But that's just it. You know, I feel like uh, people talk about the Patriot, um, the Patriot way. I think that had a lot to do with Bill Belichick, but I think it had a lot to do with Tom Brady accepting this coaching, accepting this culture, and not only accepting it, but embodying it and made sure he was the lead example for it so everybody else could fall underneath it. Because the Patriot way is only going to exist with Tom and with Bill. That's just what it is. Because of the type of coach Bill was and the type of player uh, Tom is, right? And I think that goes the same with Drew Brees and Sean Payton and also with Coughlin and, and Eli Manning. I don't think any of those players, you remove their coach from them, I don't think the, they would not have achieved the things that they have. Would they have been great? Yes, I think so. I think they're all great without these coaches. But I don't think they would have achieved the success and all the accolades that they have if it wasn't for the coaches. So I think it's not only just the work ethic. It's not only just the, the type of coach that they have. It's the combination of both. You got to have good coaching. You got to have a great work ethic in order for you to be considered one of the best. That's just what it is. I got to ask about Eli Manning. Uh, you mentioned Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning, the connection they had. Um, you, you were stuck in a tough situation in the 2016, 2017 range with Ben McAdoo, um, that, that, that era. And, you know, there, there's, there's so much to be said. I don't even want to rehash too much of the Ben McAdoo situation with Eli, whether he was right or wrong, wanted to bench him, this and this and that. I think history told us that he was wrong. 
Yeah, well, history. Well, may, maybe or maybe it's no, but maybe, maybe, maybe not because Pat Shermer did the same thing a year and a half later in 2019 when when Daniel Jones was coming in. They went 0 and 2, and all of a sudden but, they had to make a change. But, but the world was up and Talk up. about that real quick, Randy. I don't think it was even close to being the same situation. Okay. Right? Let me let me give some uh, some depth to that. So uh, the year 2017. Um, I think people remember that from after the year that the Giants were really, really good. We went to the playoffs and we lost to Green Bay. And honestly, that Hail Mary changed the franchise. If they, the Hail Mary up in Green Bay right mm -hmm. before halftime in that playoff game, it changed the franchise. And Rodgers changed the franchise. I don't know what it was. I was playing on the, 17, uh, uh, the 2017 team, and we weren't the same team. We had a lot of the same players. We weren't the same team. We didn't fight as hard. Of course, we didn't play as well. Our record dictated that. Um, and there was a lot of questionable decisions made by players, by coaches. I was a fan of Ben McAdoo. I am still a fan of Ben McAdoo. And the reason why I am, because of the personal relationship that I have with him and in a, a couple of incidents that happened. Randy, I had got surgery several times under Ben McAdoo's uh, watch. Um, my fingers, I had some stuff going on with my neck. And my 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 back, my low back, uh, some epidurals I had to get done. And he's the only head coach, one of the only few coaches in general that actually reached out to me and asked how I was doing. And he actually reached out to me and asked how my daughter was doing. Now, this is bigger than football. This is man to man stuff. Right. You know what I mean? This is like, bro, as a human being, I respect you. As a man, I respect you. And I thank you for your kindness, your empathy. And honestly, I haven't saw, I haven't seen that from another coach since I saw it with Ben McAdoo. And I have nothing poor to say about him, only that that was a poor decision. And I think it was a panic decision. Bro, I, Randy, I can't make this up. The same day he benched Eli, I, the same day, bro, me and Kelvin Shepard was on the sideline. And I said, man, I like Ben, bro. I was like, bro, I like Ben, bro. You know, he called me. I told him, stuff. you know, he called me to check on me, man, when I was getting surgery. He's like, nah. I was like, yeah, bro. I like him, man. He's a good dude. The same practice, bro. Everybody got called up. And I'm like, this is weird. What's going on here? And then he benches Eli. And I, and I swear I went to Chef. I said, bro, disregard everything I just said. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what? Like, I mean, I, Gino, I have a great relationship with Gino. He was a good teammate, great teammate, definitely a professional. But, bro, you panic and put Gino in? Like, for, for why, though? Well, here's here's the thing, and I'm going to give you the media perspective. You're, okay. You just gave the player perspective. The way it was presented, I know what they were trying to do. They wanted to sort of give Davis Webb a look. But they wanted to give transition because he hasn't done even second team reps. He was done the practice squad reps. Ben came out and did the one said the one thing that you cannot say because of Geno's history. You can't come out and say Geno Smith gives us the best chance to win on Sunday over Eli Manning. Right. As soon as you say that, you just like no joke. We all said, "All right, where, where's the Ben McAdoo watch clock?" Because right, <laughs> because yeah. you just said that. If you would have said we are eventually going to transition to see what Davis is going to look like on the field, but we have to start Geno so Davis can get enough practice reps in. I think 
there might be up in arms, but it will be a little bit easier because you're going what the plan is. As soon as you said Geno Smith gives us the best chance to win the on Sunday, nothing against Geno, but you shot yourself in the foot. Yeah, and and, and, and that was not a correct statement. Um, <laughs> Eli, Eli, Eli struggled. He definitely struggled that year. That wasn't one of his best years. But by far, Eli was by far the best chance that we had. Everybody knew that. But, you know, he just, you know, some, sometimes, you know, I think Eli was at his end, you know, like at, at that yeah. point in his career. He was, what, year 16 at that point? Was it 15 or 16? It was. I think it was actually year 14. But I think more of the problem was, it was A, that was the year all the receivers went down in a catastrophic yep. situation. Yep. And also – since the 2011 Super Bowl, that you know, 2012 season, the year after, he had no consistency on his offensive line. It was a rotation every year of new guys going in and out. You know this. I, I, I agree, and and I'm agree with you. I'm just saying when we talk about the individual, the quarterback yeah. position, not the old linemen, not the receivers. I'm talking about just the old quarterback position, <laughs> there was nobody that gave us a better chance to win. You know, exactly. so like. I, I just think it was a panic move, Rand. I just think he panicked because of all the media attention that we were getting. It's New York, you know, like they come in. I remember the year prior, the year prior, 2016, we go to the playoffs. The boat trip happens. Remember that? Oh, God. <laughs> the boat trip happens, right? Yo, we had a great week of practice that week. And all the media kept needing. I'm the captain, so I got to talk to the media. Excuse me. I'm talking in there. Question after question about the boat. And I'm like, bro, we got Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field this weekend, bro. You going to ask me any questions about the game? But that's New York media. And then, to Randy, we're going to segue. We're going to go back because this is like an important topic to me. I think the media got into OBJ's head that week. OBJ had a great week of practice. Great week of practice. Just – Phenomenal athlete. We all know that. Tremendous receiver. One of the best at his position. I haven't seen him drop a pass all year. <laughs> all year. And and this is when I knew that the media got to him. We're getting warmed up for Green Bay. Kickoffs in like an hour. And I'm on my phone, you know, looking at messages or whatever, just kind of checking or whatever. Open up my Instagram, OBJ's on my Instagram on the field with his shirt off and all the receivers. And that's when I, I looked, I was like, what the, what the hell is, well, like, what is going on? That's when I was like, he's, he's, he's feeding all of that media, all the questions that he had all week. He's feeling that. And he wants to show something. I don't know what it is. I think that same mindset that, I got to show or I got to do something that let people know that I'm ready. You know, like I'm here. I think he, the same way uh, OBJ did that, you know, did the whole shirt off deal and he went in and had the worst game of his career. Is the same thing with Ben McAdoo. All the media, all the questions. It's like, I got to do something. I have to do something. I got to get these people off my back. And it wasn't even about winning. It was about that. I think it was about that. And I think he folded. 
I think that's what it was. I think it came down to, and he made a mistake. Bro, you can't I, – I haven't heard Ben McAdoo speak about this thing. I haven't heard him speak at all. But I, you can't tell me right now, looking back, you thought that was your best decision for our team? Ah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Um, my last question before we wrap up here, I know you and I can sit here and go for hours. And uh, I, <laughs> the, the joke, the joke, like the joke, I guess it wasn't really much of a joke, but before we started, you're like, you just me like, you sent me like 90 minutes worth of material. I, I don't think we touched one thing on it. Cause I said, I'm just going to keep it lighthearted, but um, we'll definitely do a part two or part three. Part for one. sure. Randy. Yeah. I'll definitely do that for you. Um, for, for, for you, like you have two Super Bowl rings. That's two more than a lot of people can say in this league. And obviously, you know, I, I pitched an idea, an idea to you off air, but man, wouldn't it be fun if we can just go back and you can just start looking back at the, some of this stuff and just that, that now being removed from it as, as long as you have, I'm sure you got a lot of great stories, man. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and, and that's, that's the one thing that I'm learning about life, you know, Social media has us in this instant gratification. Let everybody see what you're doing type stuff. And, you know, my best memories, I don't really have any pictures of, you know, like I, I, I regret not taking that many pictures when I won a Super Bowl with New Orleans. But all of my best memories, there's no pictures of that. You really? Know, there's only memories, you know, there's only <laughs> things that happen, you know. Like I bet you if we call Getty Images right now, they'll get those charges, <laughs> but they'll get, they'll get you those, they'll, they'll get you those memories, man. <laughs> but, but that's what we talked about earlier in the you know, the age of social media is like everything has to be out there. And it's like when I was younger, man, you know, I did some crazy stuff. I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, there wasn't cameras of me back then. And then, you know, like I said, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of events, you know. Um, the ring ceremonies were were absolutely amazing. Um, having the ring ceremony at Mr. Kraft's house, Wiz Khalifa was a DJ. Uh, Tom Brady, like I saw Tom Brady, everybody saw Tom Brady sauced up at the Tampa Parade. I saw Tom Brady sauced up at Mr. Kraft's house, and <laughs> you know it, it's 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 so cool just being around somebody like that or like a Drew Brees and his family and not just involved in a celebration, just like just being around these type of men and these type of people. Um, you know, engaging with them and, you know, truly, and, and we say this when we went with, with New Orleans, um, you know, truly have friends and, and people that you walk together forever with. You know, I would like, I love Drew Brees and my name will be synonymous with his because we want to Super Bowl together. Right. You know what I mean? Like maybe somebody be like, oh, wait, but then you can't deny that though. You know, you, you can't deny that. So of course the Super Bowl memories were great. Um, the relationships that are formed through being a teammate, um, being a coach player relationship, um, definitely memorable experiences, man. And I mean, like I can go in so many different stories, but I think one, one story that sticks out, right. The day we got our rings when I was playing for the saints, uh, we were not far from uh, Canal Street, um, not far from Bourbon Street, excuse me, off of Canal. And if anybody knows Bourbon Street, Randy, you been to New Orleans? Never. Okay. It's, it's, it's on my bucket list. I'm Definitely go, for sure. As When Bourbon Street starts off of Canal, it, it goes and, and then traffic, there's cars that can go up that first street. But then after that first street, I believe it's Eberville, where you have to turn off, you have to make a right. They have like uh, um, barricades 
that you can't drive further. And that's where everybody's walking with the drinks and everything. So we were driving up Iberville, up, up, excuse me, up Bourbon Street. And then when we got to the barricades, you know, it's me and my friend Anthony Waters. He was driving. I was in the passenger seat. And we just got our Subo rings. So we got our rings out the window. And there are like we got like fans that are like, you know, taking selfies and like running along the car. And we moved the barricade. So now we're driving in a part you're not supposed to drive on. And we got the music turned up all the way. And we're jamming and driving. We're chilling. Cops come up on us. Like, what are you doing? Turn that music down. Stop the car. And we're like, yo, we just got our rings. The cop goes from, oh, hey, hey, Tony, look. They just got their rings. So then he comes over, totally changed his whole demeanor. He's like, oh, man. He brings his partner over, taking pictures and selfies. It's like, hey, Tony, move the barricades. Now we have a police escort and permission to ride up Bourbon Street. And we we go up the whole Bourbon Street. We got like the whole crowd around. I mean, it was one of the most amazing experiences. Fast forward to like the next time that we meet together, and we're we're me and Anthony Waters were sharing a story. And Drew Brees said, "I was actually walking on Bourbon Street at that point with only a hat on, so you could if you paid attention, you could see." He said, "But thank you guys." Because you guys diverted all the attention <laughs> away from me. So I was able to walk from the top of Bourbon Street to the bottom of Bourbon Street. And I thought that was just so funny. Because I just imagine Jubilee sneaking around like the most, you know, he's the mayor in New Orleans. He can do anything he wants. So you know people are going to be all on him. But that's one of my greatest memories, my greatest stories that I have. That's, that was awesome. So, so, so technically... Drew Brees should have actually bought you guys drinks that night on Bourbon Street because he just diverted <laughs> everything. That's pretty much that's pretty much what you're saying there. He, sure. Drew, Drew owes you one. Definitely. Um, uh, real quick, let's do a social media plug where they can find you. Yes, I'm on Instagram at Jade underscore 52, Twitter at JCasius52. I believe. Yeah, that's it. Um, and those are the most active. My four progress uh, initiative is the four progress camp on Instagram. Um, and I'm working on all my other stuff right now. So everything else is coming, Randy. If you can follow me on Instagram, everything kind of gets funneled through there. So that's a good place to start. All right. That's Jonathan Casillas. I'm sure he'll be back here on Off Topic. I'm Randy Zellier. We'll see you then. All right, Randy. Thank you.